أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page number 14 of the first juz Surah Al-Baqarah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the previous episodes we mentioned Allah Azza wa Jalla is speaking about the tribe or the nation of Bani Israel and the many favors that Allah Azza wa Jalla bestowed upon them and the many ways in which they uh, in, in, in ways rejected those blessings and the way that they rejected the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to them and the ways in which they twisted and changed the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala believing in some parts that suited them and rejecting the parts that did not suit them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the previous episode he concluded by saying that one of the excuses that they gave before Allah azza wa is that their hearts were covered and sealed and therefore they could not receive revelation or that they could not understand revelation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning of page number 14 uh, in verse number 89 Allah azza wa continues and he says A'udhu billahi min shaytanir rajeem وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ مَا عَرَفُوا كَفَرُوا بِهِ فَلَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ When the scripture came to them from Allah Azza wa Jal, confirming that which they already had, and when they had been praying for victory against the disbelievers, even when there came to them something they knew to be true, they disbelieved in it. Indeed, Allah Azza wa Jal curses those who disbelieve. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and remember, when there came to you the scripture from Allah azza wa jal confirming what you already had, meaning that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent with the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent you a scripture, a new scripture, the book of Allah azza wa jal, the Quran, on the hands or by the hands or with the hands or uh, the revelation that was given to our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah Azza wa Jalla says that this revelation that you received, مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ It already attests to and confirms what you already have. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam brought confirms what you were already told within your scriptures. And that is that another Prophet would come and that he would bring revelation. Or as Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions in Surah Al-Saf, that the Prophet Isa told his people and he gave them glad tidings of a Prophet that would come after him by the name of Ahmad, which was, as we know, one of the names of our Prophet So the Prophet what he bought in terms of his religion, was not so strange or alien or unfamiliar to Bani Israel. So for example, if someone was to come with a completely different religion that had no resemblance to the way of Musa السلام, and to the way of Isa and to those other prophets, then perhaps someone could stand up and say 
that this is something which is completely unknown to us. We don't recognize it at all as being revelation from Allah. It completely contradicts what we have in our own religion and our own scriptures and what we know from our prophets and messengers. But actually what the Prophet ﷺ came with confirmed the message of Musa and Isa and Ibrahim and all of the Prophets والسلام, that came before our Prophet ﷺ. What the Prophet ﷺ brought and what the Quran says is the same as those Prophets said in terms of the Tawheed of Allah in terms of establishing the Salah and giving the Zakah, in terms of being good towards certain people and staying away from those major sins that we know our religion stops us from. That's exactly what the Prophet Musa said to his people, what the Prophet Isa said to his people, what, the, what they know of the other Prophets and Messengers that Allah sent to them. So therefore, what is so strange and unfamiliar, other than the fact that this man who comes from you is not from your people. He's not from Bani Israel. He is an Arab and he lives in a different country and comes from a different land and speaks a different language. That is the difference that has stopped you from accepting him as one of the prophets and messengers of Allah Azza wa Jal. Even though you're making dua to Allah and asking Allah for victory against the disbelievers, because we know that they had the Jewish tribes of, of Arabia generally and the tribes of Bani Israel and Arabia had their problems with the Jahili Arabs, with the Arabs of Jahiliya, meaning of pre-Islam before the coming of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so because of their problems, because of their skirmishes, because sometimes of the battles that they faced, they're calling and asking for Allah's help. So when there came to them something which they knew to be true, as was attested by some of them who accepted Islam, and was attested by a number of them amongst themselves, even though they continued to disbelieve, they rejected it and disbelieved in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to them. So Allah is saying that this was their reality. There came to them revelation at the hands of the Prophet ﷺ, revelation that they knew and attested to be true. And they needed a Prophet to come and help them, just as in the time of Musa ﷺ, Bani Israel were being persecuted by Pharaoh, and they too asked Allah to deliver them from that transgression and persecution and oppression by sending to them a Prophet and Messenger. But then when they came to them, this Prophet of Allah, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, and the revelation of the Qur'an, and that which they knew to be true, they disbelieved in it and they rejected it. So Allah says, Allah's curse is upon those who disbelieve. And the meaning of the curse of Allah and His wrath is that you are distanced and removed from Allah's mercy. And what is worse than to be distanced from Allah's mercy? Because there is no good. There is no good in any way, shape or form except that it comes through and as a result of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And that is why when the Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wasallam, no one will enter into Jannah as a result of their own deeds. They said, not even you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, not even me, unless Allah azawajal showers and envelops me with his mercy. That is the beauty of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The la'na of Allah, the curse of Allah azawajal, his wrath is to be removed from that mercy. So someone who is distanced and removed from that mercy, what guidance can they receive? What good will they have? What possible benefit will they attain when once they have been removed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy? And that mercy and that distancing from the mercy of Allah azza wa jal therefore also then means that they will have the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa jal in verse number 90 continues and he says, 
Low indeed is the price for which they have sold their souls by denying the truth that Allah sent, out of envy that Allah should send His bounty to any of His servants as He pleases. The disbelievers have ended up with wrath upon wrath and a humiliating torment awaits them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he mentioned in one of the previous verses that we took in the last episode, Allah Azzawajal is speaking about this action of Bani Israel and the way that they're interacting with the revelation of Allah Azzawajal and the coming of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah frames it and describes it as a transaction. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he said, as we mentioned in the previous episode, when he spoke about this in, 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 in another verse, Allah Azzawajal said, that they have exchanged or they have sold the hereafter for this life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse, He says, low, bi'sa, which means wretched, evil, low, is the price for which they have sold their own souls. Meaning they have given away their salvation, the salvation of their souls, the success of this life and the next, the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have sold it for what is a paltry sum. Why? Because they disbelieved in that which Allah Azza wa Jal sent to them of revelation and of the truth. Because of their transgression, their evil, their arrogance, that Allah should be able to send His bounty to whomsoever He chooses and whomsoever He pleases. Do they have the right or do they even have the audacity to say to Allah Azza wa Jal that He must restrict his revelation, his prophethood, his guidance to only one group of people, that the messenger must come from Bani Israel, that the revelation must come down upon them and them alone. And that is why when, as is mentioned the hadith of Ibn Abbas, عنهم, the hadith when Abu Sufyan عن, before he became a Muslim in Sahih al-Bukhari, when he went to Heraclius, the ruler of Byzantine Rome, and he was questioned at length by him, Abu Sufyan responded in the way that he could, in the best way and form that he could at that time. And one of the things that Heraclius said to him in response, Hiraqal, he said that I knew or we knew generally that the Prophet of Allah was soon due to appear. His time had approached and come. But I never thought that he would be from amongst you, that he would be from the Arabs. That he thought that he would continue as had been in the long line of the prophets and messengers who came before Isa والسلام, that they would be from the Israelites, that they would be from the Bani Israel. But now Allah chose to place the final messenger upon earth from the Arabs, that he would be born in Mecca, that he would be from the descendants of Ismail. And so Allah is saying that it is because of your arrogance that you deny this, because you think that you can decide where Allah places His bounty, meaning whomsoever He gives His prophethood to. And this is exactly what the Quraysh said. The Quraysh used to say, if only Allah were to send this Quran upon the two men of these great cities, meaning Mecca and Ta'if, or they would be saying that it's surely if Allah is going to send prophethood amongst us, the Quraysh or the Arabs, why would they have given it? Why would he have given it to a man like Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Why not the likes of Abu Jahl or Abu Lahab or Umayyah or Utbah or Walid or all of these other chieftains of Arabia or chieftains of 
of, of Mecca and Quraysh. Why choose this man who doesn't really have any power or prestige or fame or wealth to his name, meaning the Prophet They don't have the right to restrict what Allah chooses to do and where, where he subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to place his prophethood and give his revelation. And that is because of the arrogance. And again, look at the you know the the underlying current, the the pattern that connects this story or the general situation of Bani Israel with the story that Allah mentioned towards the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah of Adam and Iblis. The connection being arrogance. Iblis refuses to command to obey the command of Allah and prostrate to Adam والسلام, because of the arrogance that he had, and Bani Israel refused to accept that the Prophet ﷺ is the messenger of Allah because of the arrogance that they have in their hearts. The first of Allah's prophets and the last of Allah's prophets. The first of them to be sent to the people of the earth and the last of them to be sent to the people of the earth. Both of them, their rejection is due to the arrogance that is found amongst the people of that time. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, as a result of this, فَبَاءُوا بِغَضَبٍ عَلَىٰ غَضَبٍ they ended up having wrath of Allah upon wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Humiliation and punishment in one form or another, or upon one form and another, and that is in this life, let alone the torment that awaits them, which will humiliate them on Yom Al-Qiyamah, and that is the everlasting punishment of the half fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse number 91, and He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ قَالُوا نُؤْمِنُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْنَا وَيَكْفُرُونَ بِمَا وَرَاءَهُ وَهُوَ الْحَقُّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَهُمْ قُلْ فَلِمَ تَقْتُلُونَ أَنْبِيَاءَ اللَّهِ مِنْ قَبْلُ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ When it is said to them, believe in Allah's revelations, they say we believe in what was revealed to us, but they do not believe in that which came afterwards. Though it is the truth confirming what they already have, say to them, why then did you kill Allah's prophets in the past if you were true believers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when the command is given to them, believe in all of Allah's revelations. So as Muslims, it is part of our iman that we believe in all of Allah's books, all of Allah's revelations. We must believe in the Torah, we must believe in the Gospel, we must believe in the Zabur, we must believe in all of the revelations that Allah gave to His Prophets. Those that we don't know in specific detail, we believe in them in general terms. And those that we have specific information about, such as the names of those books and whom, to whom they were revealed, we believe in those specific details as well. And obviously we believe in the Qur'an, the final revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, we believe in all of the prophets and messengers of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam. That is also from the pillars and core aspects of our faith and iman. So we believe in the details that we have that were given to us in the Qur'an and the sunnah. And we believe in general terms that Allah sent all of those prophets and messengers, even if we don't know them in specific detail. So that is the iman that we have as believers. And one of the reasons why we have this Iman is because each one of those Prophets follows in the long line of messengers and Prophets that Allah sent to mankind. As is the revelation of Allah in the long line of revelations that Allah sent to mankind. So why then or how then can you believe in Ibrahim but not believe in Musa? Or you believe in Musa but you reject Nuh? Or you reject the Prophet but you believe in everyone who came before him? And so when they're told, believe in all of Allah's revelation, <coughs> they say, we believe in that which we have, and they disbelieve in whatever came after that. 
So with the Jews, they rejected Isa and our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and with the Christians, they rejected our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Wahuwa al-haqqu musaddiqan lima ma'hum." Even though what they possessed, these prophets, what they were given, it is the truth of that which came to you. So if you believe in Tawheed of Allah Azza wa Jal, you believe that Allah Azza wa Jal has the right to be worshipped alone, you believe in all of these major aspects of your religion in terms of the general commands of Allah, in terms of worship and in terms of staying away from prohibitions that Allah Azza wa Jal made prohibited, then why wouldn't you accept what the Prophet wasallam brought? Again in the hadith of Abu Sufyan when he went to Heraclius, one of the questions he's asked is what does this Prophet command you with? And he says, he tells us to pray, he tells us to be good to our kin, he tells us to be modest, he tells us to stay away from certain things which are haram. Those things, those aspects are accepted by all of the prophets of Allah And that is why when those Muslims, when that group of Muslims migrated from Mecca and they went to Abyssinia and they went to An-Najashi and he asked them, what is your religion, what is your belief? And Ja'far ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu an, the older brother of Ali radiyallahu an, recited to him from Surah Maryam. And he mentioned to him the belief that we have as Muslims about Maryam and Isa والسلام, and Zakariya and Yahya and all of these prophets. And Najashi accepted Islam because he recognized that this is an, an extension of the message, or not an extension, but it comes to confirm what Allah has revealed before to those prophets. However, they disbelieve and they say we accept what we have, we reject everything else. Allah says that even that statement of theirs, that we're willing to believe in what we have and reject everything that comes after it, even that statement is false. Why? Then why did you kill Allah's prophets that came before if you're truthful? If you truly believed in what you have yourself, why kill your prophets? Why kill those messengers that Allah sent to you? But this is as a result of them wanting to do as they please and follow their desires instead of the commands of Allah and His revelation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse number 92 and He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مُوسَىٰ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعِجْلَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ And Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, indeed he brought to you clear signs. But then whilst he went away, you chose to worship the calf instead, and you were wrong to do so. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, this is the reason, this is the reality, that you choose your desires and the temptations of the dunya over the revelation that was given to the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the previous verse, Allah says to them, believe in all of Allah's revelation. They respond and they say, we believe in what Allah gave to us, but we're not willing to believe in anything that came after that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says even that is wrong. That claim, that assertion of yours is false. Because even amongst your time, the prophets that were sent to you and you attested to their prophethood, you believed in them in the prophets of Allah, but because of your arrogance, your transgression, your evil, you ended up killing them unjustly. And let alone that, that's one issue anyway. But even when the greatest of those prophets came to you, that you believed in, and that is the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, with the Torah that Allah gave to him as revelation, 
even despite the many signs that Allah Azza wa Jal has sent him, and we've discussed a number of those signs already. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the previous pages and the episodes that we've covered, Allah Azza wa Jal reminds Bani Israel of the many blessings that he bestowed upon them. The blessing of how they were saved from Pharaoh and his tyranny. The blessing of how they were delivered from him and the armies chasing them, and they see the ocean and the sea before them. The blessing of how Allah Azza wa Jal gave them shade and food as they're wandering in the desert land. Allah Azza wa Jal gave to them blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor as a mercy from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they saw the signs and the miracles that Musa alayhi salatu wasalam brought. They saw how despite them being a population that is enslaved, in bondage, despite them having no army, despite them being weak and slaves, how Allah Azza wa Jal helped the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and helped Bani Israel to overcome and destroy the enemy that they had in Pharaoh and his armies. You saw all of these signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then as soon as Musa alayhi left, a group from amongst you turned to worshipping beside others other than Allah azza wa jal. You made the calf with your own hands and you worshipped it besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you were oppressive in doing so, wrong to do so. So likewise, now that there is no prophet amongst you, that is when Musa alayhi leaves just for a number of nights. Now that that prophet has passed away and that revelation has ceased, then why do you expect that you will be better now? These claims that you make, that you believe in that revelation, even when that revelation was coming to you, you were disobeying Musa wasalam. Even when those other prophets were being sent to you, you disobeyed them and you killed them and you harmed them. And so Allah says, rather, they only believed when they were forced to do so, when they saw the real and near and present punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal, did they choose to believe. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the final verse on this page in verse number 93. Remember when we took your pledge, making the mountain tower above you, and we said, hold on firmly to what we have given to you and listen to what we say. They instead replied, we hear, but we disobey. And through their disbelief, they were made to drink the love of the calf that was deep in their hearts. Say to them how evil are the things that your iman, your belief commands you to do, if indeed you are claiming to be believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember the reality and the situation of Bani Israel, that they only decided to accept the pledge once they saw the mountain of At-Tur above them, as if it was going to fall upon them and destroy them. And they were told, hold on to firmly, seriously, that which we have given to you in terms of commands, and listen to what, is, what you are being informed of. They said, in response, we hear and we disobey, meaning they heard the commands of Allah, but did they choose to obey them? Did they choose to adopt them? Did they choose to do as Allah commanded? No. Rather, what they chose to do instead was disobey. And Allah has given to us already in Surah Al-Baqarah, in the previous episodes and verses that we have covered, and it is difficult to keep repeating and, and mentioning those over and over again, but you can go back to those episodes and listen on, and find those verses in the Quran and look at those relevant episodes of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, despite the many favors bestowed upon Bani Israel, the many prophets sent to them, the much revelation given to them, they would continuously disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a lesson for us as Muslims. 
Because Allah has given to us also revelation in the Quran, also sent to us a messenger and prophet in the form of the Prophet How often do we hear the commands of Allah and we also choose to disobey? How often do we hear the verses of the Quran being recited or the hadith of the Prophet being narrated and we choose to ignore them? We choose to disregard them. We choose to instead follow our own desires and temptations. And that is a sign, yes, of our weakness of Iman, but it is also a sign of a lack of submission to Allah Azza wa Jal and a lack of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are told this is what Allah commands and to disobey that command may bring about the punishment of Allah. And we still choose disobedience over obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, the Bani Israel, Allah is saying that they heard the commands of Allah. Don't commit shirk. Don't disobey Allah. Don't have partners in worship with Allah. What did they do? They chose to disobey. Allah says it is as if they were made to drink the love of the calf within their hearts. Meaning their hearts were engulfed, covered. Just as a drink, when you pour something, covers that thing in terms of the liquid that is being poured over it. It is as if their heart was covered with the love love of worshipping this calf besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that is what they chose to do. Allah concludes this verse and he says, If this is the faith that you're claiming, if this is what you claim is your religion, if this is what you claim is the command of Allah Azza wa Jalla, the commands of the prophets and messengers of Allah والسلام, if these are what you are claiming, is the revelation and guidance given to you in those scriptures, then what an evil iman that is. What an evil iman that commands you to make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What an evil iman that commands you, what an evil faith that commands you and belief that commands you to disobey your prophets, to disregard the revelation that is given to you, to disobey the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah is saying therefore to Bani Israel, these claims that you are making on the basis that this is revelation, that this is what Allah wants, that this is what Allah commanded us to do, those are, those are claims that are false. Those are assertions that are mistaken. Those are assertions that are not true and are not correct. And that is because what Allah actually wanted you to do is found in the revelation and found in the guidance and found upon the tongue of those prophets and messengers. You disregarded them and you chose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is because of the arrogance and because of the disobedience. Then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet وسلم, they rejected him or many of them rejected him and disbelieved in him also. And Allah in the next passage or in the next page, inshallah ta'ala, in the next episode, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will continue to speak about Bani Israel and their reality. And I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He makes it from amongst those people who when we hear revelation, we accept it, believe in it, and follow it accordingly. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.